You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. On this episode, we're gonna be talking about how nutrition goes outside the normal realm of just fitness, of just what we consider to be health. But how does our nutrition affect our level of success? How does our nutrition affect our personal development? And this is gonna be a really interesting, dynamic conversation and a new way to look at things. And just for us to start to stack conditions in our favor with our nutrition being such a powerful embodiment of more than just our body. We've got one of the foremost experts in the world in talking about the bigger picture when it comes to health, wellness, performance, and just overall success in our lives. We're also gonna dive in and talk about this current situation that we're all experiencing right now in the age of COVID. What are some of the lessons that we can take away from all this? What is the value, even though it sounds crazy right now, what kind of value might we be able to extract from such a trying and, and, and difficult situation? And I think you're really, really gonna be surprised at the answers to this. And I know that just being able to have this conversation today, I am absolutely buzzing with excitement, with, with energy, and with gratitude because we've got a lot of good things ahead of us, but it's up to us to take control and to take advantage of it. So again, this episode is incredibly powerful and just building on that foundation with our health and our performance and our overall wellness, obviously, Having access to real whole foods is the foundation, you know, food first. But the time we're experiencing right now, we're not living in times where our genes are just experiencing, quote, normal environmental influences. We're immersed in a plethora of different environmental stressors that the human genome has never experienced these kinds of exposures. Just within the last couple of decades, we've made advances light years ahead of where we were with our technology. But what are the ramifications of that? You know, this this crazy thing I'm going to share. We don't often use a microwave. Matter of fact, I've written and, and done some of the science around microwaves. Now, some folks might think that the microwave's not a big deal, but there are definitely some concerns there. All right. These are certain waves that that cook things. Now, what's so funny is that if by chance Alexa is playing at my place and somebody turns the microwave on and then we don't usually engage with the microwave and keeping it 100. I don't think, I don't care if you remember the last time that I'm partaking in microwave activity, but the microwave comes on and Alexa starts getting staticky and starts messing up. You know, getting like, you know, I'm listening to Juvenile, you know, back that thing up and it's like, <laughs> girl who is you playing man thing up you know it's just like it's jumping right and the question is how are these microwaves interfering with the 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 expression or the radio waves or whatever type of waves are trying to spit out of alexa all this technology is influencing the environment around us and all of those waves are passing through our bodies without a problem all right it's going right through the tissues of our bodies, right through our cells. 
without any type of interference. It's just passing right through all the Wi-Fi, all of it. We don't know the ramifications. We don't know the kind of impact that it's going to have on us long term. It's all new. It's all new. And so for folks to just assume, you know, listening to uh, a study from cellular phone companies about how their cellular phones don't cause any problems. Come on. They don't know. Well, matter of fact, we can get into some, you know, they kind of do know. And I actually talked about this in my first book, Sleep Smarter, international bestseller. Uh, but I did a little chapter talking about a little subsection of a chapter talking about uh, cell phone radiation and just some of the peer reviewed evidence on it. And it's pretty shocking, you know, looking at the increase in, in midbrain tumors, for example, with increased cell phone usage. And these things are documented, you know, there's even court cases on this stuff. But it's just like, we can't just take this stuff for granted at face value that it's, there's nothing happening. When we're tinkering with stuff, humans are tinkerers. We like to tinker, tinker bells. That's all good. Or is it? I, you know, this was so crazy. We say it's all good even when it's not. But, you know, technology can be wonderful, but it's really how we put these things in their proper place and perspective. And also we've got to, with all that we're doing, we've got to stack conditions in our favor to make sure that our bodies are more resilient to the exposures that we're not having. And with that, we're having a lack of exposure to, to nature, you know, to sunlight, to fresh air, you know, to movement in the environment, all these things, we're, we're creating more exposure in the form of technology and less exposure to the thing that our genes really expect from us, that our DNA expects us to do, you know? So with all that said, to make our bodies more resilient right now, I am a major proponent. I mean, for years, I was just like, food, 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 food first, little sprinkle of this and that with the supplements. But right now, man, we've really got to stack conditions in our favor because we're not getting the basic nutrients that our bodies really need to thrive. And right now is a time for us to acknowledge the role that vitamin C plays. When I was in my nutritional science class in college, I was taught this very myopic view of what vitamin C is. It's just, it's one vitamin C, end of story. But even that is not even remotely true. There are multiple forms of vitamin C. It's not just one thing. And there are synthetic versions and then there's whole food versions of vitamin C. And they do different things. One is more bioavailable than the other is. But vitamin C isn't just about our immune system, which again is of the utmost importance today. Our immune system health is of the utmost importance today. I can't stress that enough. It's one of the things that's not being talked about. And our immune system is so powerful. We have an innate immune system and an adaptive immune system. We are hardwired and designed to be able to adapt and to thrive. That's what, that's what humans do. But we've got to be able to support those things from happening and not proactively destroy or suppress our immune system function. So vitamin C is important in that, but vitamin C is also an important building block for creating new tissues in the body, even our skin. You know, vitamin C interacts with other cofactors to create new tissues, you know, like sulfur, for example, and, you know, many other important nutrients. But vitamin C is one of the most important because it plays so many roles in the human body. Also very powerful antioxidant on top of all that. And to specifically highlight how a synthetic vitamin C versus a whole food form of vitamin C matches up in the peer-reviewed evidence, listen to this. This study was published in the Journal of Cardiology. And it had 20 male smokers consume 
either a whole food concentrate from a very specific food, a whole food concentrate of vitamin C over the course of a one-week study period, or a synthetic form of vitamin C to monitor what happens with an intrusion like smoking, right? This environmental influencer for our body. What can vitamin C do up against that? And what they discovered was that the whole food version, the whole food concentrate of vitamin C led to significantly lowered oxidative stress and reduced inflammatory biomarkers like C-reactive protein. But with the synthetic form of vitamin C, there were no changes in these markers. This is a synthetic vitamin C group again, going up against a whole food concentrate. So there were no changes in markers in the people who received the synthetic version. This ordinary vitamin C tablet, the, the kind of conventional thing that's often seen out there. For the researchers, this indicated that the combination of other antioxidants from this superfood whole food concentrate, which is from the camu, camu berry, had a more powerful antioxidant effect than standard vitamin C synthetic products alone. All right, so camu, camu berry, the highest botanical source of vitamin C that you're going to find. It provides about 700% of your RDA of vitamin C in just under a teaspoon. And this is why one of my all-time favorite things that I take on a regular basis is the Essential C Complex from Paleo Valley. They have a concentrate of camu camu berry and also one of my other favorite things, amla berry, which a study published in the journal Diabetes, Metabolic Syndrome, and Obesity found that amla berry significantly improved endothelial function and reduced biomarkers of oxidative stress and systemic inflammation in patients with type 2 diabetes. All right, so endothelial function is a major player here in the age of COVID. It's one of the things that really, it's damaging the endothelium. That is where it's really targeting and creating a lot of problems through that. So it has amla berry, it has camu camu berry, it has my third favorite vitamin C source, acerola cherry, all in one incredible supplement. Again, whole food based, no fillers, no binders, no unnecessary ingredients, no preservatives, none of that stuff, just the good stuff. And it's all sourced the right way. It's organic. And this is one of the things that I keep on hand at all time in my superfood cabinet. Highly recommend you checking it out as well. It's the Essential Seed Complex from Paleo Valley. Go to paleovalley.com forward slash model. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com forward slash model. Use the code MODEL and you're going to get hooked up with a 15% off discount. All right, go to paleovalley.com forward slash model. And my team, we're over here snacking on Paleo Valley snacks as well. Pretty much every time we record, check out their incredible snacks. They're great for the kids as well. They got some wonderful bars and just pop over to check them out. They're doing stuff the right way. Paleovalley.com forward slash model. And I also love their turmeric formula too. Like, I just love them so much. Paleovalley.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Life-Changing Information by State of Grace. I started listening to the podcast after reading the book, Eat Smarter. You can only cover so much in a book. And I love how this podcast complements and expands on the information John covers in the book. I've begun implementing the things I've learned in the book and on the podcast and have lost some weight 
have more energy, and I'm feeling much better. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much for sharing that review over on Apple Podcasts. And I'm so happy that you found The Model Health Show. And listen, everybody, please leave a review for The Model Health Show on Apple Podcasts. That's how more incredible people get access to the show. And we've got a big mission ahead. We've really got to work to get our society healthier. So it really, really does mean a lot. Thank you so much for leaving that review. Now let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Dr. Michael Beckwith, and he's the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, and he's also the best-selling author of multiple books and programs, and he's had a huge impact on my life personally. He's been featured everywhere from The Oprah Winfrey Show to Larry King Live, and you name it, he's been featured there. And you know, somebody that over the years I've had the opportunity to learn a lot from, uh, just listening to his audiobook, for example, and taking some of his courses has been an invaluable source of inspiration and insight in my life and, and has been one of the things that's really helped to move me forward and to get out and to share my gift in a bigger way. And he's such an inspiration in that. And I don't know if the Model Health Show would be what it is in the context, in the, in the dynamic and the flavor that it is without his support and information. So I'm really, really grateful to be able to have him on and to share him with you, especially in this time when these insights are more valuable than ever. So let's jump into this conversation with the one and only Dr. Michael Beckwith. So we've been talking a lot about longevity on the show lately, and I'm a big proponent of listening to people who actually have longevity. <laughs> you know, it just would kind of make sense. But you've been teaching for over 40 years now and being a leader for over 40 years. So this question, I want to know this personally because, you know, just spending time with you and just seeing how invested you are in your health and nutrition, why do you feel nutrition is such a big part of personal development? First of all, I'm honored to be here with you. It's this, this, this my is, honor. This is, this is fantastic. The, the, the body temple, you know, is a carrier of energy. And we have the capacity to hold infinite amounts of energy flowing through us. But the temple, just like a light bulb, has to be able to hold that wattage. Mm. Just as there's certain uh, light bulbs that can, like they're 10 watts, they're 50 watts, they're 100 watts. The body temple, when there's proper nutrition, proper exercise, proper thought, proper hydration, etc., you're able to hold more of the energy that the cosmos is trying to flow through you. So many people develop a lot of stagnation, you know, they're, they're, they're eating incorrectly, they're eating dead food, they're eating food that's not uh, con conducive to their health. So that, you know, it creates the condition of disease and disharmony. So nutrition, you know, if we, if, if, if we actually think that this is a temple, this is a temple of the living God, you know, you're going to treat it properly. It's not just a bag of bones, as they used to call it back in the day. You know, it has an intelligence of its own. It listens to what you're thinking. You know, the, the, the cells hear your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts and, and replicate that in chemistry, you know, toxic or tonic, depending on what mood you're in. And food does the same thing. And so if a person is wise, then they'll be very mindful of what they put in the temple, you know, as well as what comes out of their mouth, you know, because obviously the tongue can be a blessing or a curse. You know, so it's what goes in and what comes out. Mm. 
So, you know, I've, I've developed a practice over the years of being mindful about what goes in the temple, and it's been adjustments along the way, and being mindful of what comes out of my mouth. I don't, I don't want to, I only want to say what I want to experience, yeah. you know, so I'm not going to curse somebody, you know, because I, I don't want to be cursed. You know, I'm not going to put anybody down because I don't want the universal law to bring me down. So I, I, it's, it's, it's an affirmation coming out and it's um, good food with good, you know, um, nutrition and energy going in. And, and therefore, based on karmic propensities and so much other, you know, your body temple, you know, we're gifted to live a long time. Yeah, most people check out way before they're supposed to mm -hmm. physically. Check out early. They say, you know, they check out. Like, let me they, get an early check out, yeah, please. Me, you know, they think, you know, 75 years is a long time, but the body is coded mm -hmm. to go 100, 120, 10, 125, you know. So that also begins in thought. You have to actually think like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you actually have to have an underlying purpose for your existence, you know, not just um, fitting into the status quo accumulating a bunch of stuff until you die you know there has to be something larger than that to keep you around yeah you're the first person that i heard that from that 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 truth about being able to to handle that type of energy you know a lot of people go to events and they learn things and they want to transform their life but i think a lot of people have have wondered and questioned this like why don't people change they get the they get the information they get the experience but what I'm hearing is sometimes we can't hold that energy. We, we might have to, even if we hear something powerful and we want to go and take action, we got to lay down and take a nap. We just can't even <laughs> contain that energy. It's absolutely true. You know, I was thinking about that on two levels. I was watching like people who get famous mm. and, and they're not plugged in, you know, to the energy within themselves and then fame takes them down. Mm. You know, it, it overloads their circuits. They become addicted to the energy that's feeding them temporarily, but they can't really hold it themselves. And then they find that they actually need an audience to give them that energy. So they become addicted to that, you see. And then the, the average person, as you say, they get a lot of information, but there's information that informs and there's information that transforms. And so a lot of people are, are accumulating information, but it's not transformative. They're not digesting it. Mm. They're not, they don't have a practice it's actually assimilating the information until it becomes real knowledge, you know. And so they may go get high for the weekend at a seminar, you know. But then by Monday, they reverted back to their old patterns because they don't have an underlying practice and a higher purpose to keep them going. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes, they're not really going to change. They're going to get something. You know, if I get that, I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. But real transformation is about an inner dynamic of change within yourself, which is not an easy thing to do. It's simple, but it's not easy. But if you're willing, you can participate in your own transformation. And so uh, there are people that just want to accumulate information and we, you know, um, they become very academic about things. There's nothing wrong with academics at all, you know. But they'll have a lot of information, but it's not embodied yet. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. call that a human filing cabinet, right? A human filing cabinet. <laughs> you know, you see a lot of people that, that you know, they're in universities, the Ivory Towers. They can teach it, 
I mean, I've seen this a lot of times within the business classes. People are teaching all things about business. They never had a business. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I remember a professor at um, USC one time said, you know, oh, this uh, people staying at home and watching videos, that's going to die out. You know, he was in the business, oh, wow. you know, when Blockbuster was getting big <laughs> and then it was transforming into what we have today, you know, Netflix and all these different things. He said, oh, this is a fad. People are going to stay home. They're going to want to go out all the time. You know, he, 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 he had no idea about what was emerging. Mm. He had all this information. Right. But wasn't tapped into what was what was happening. Yeah, he he thought people would still enjoy the hunt right. of going to Blockbuster, right, and and searching for your video, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting because you just said something really profound. It's not just what is coming in, which is what we're making our body out of, what we're right. making our brain out of, but it's what's coming out as well. And so, for both of those things to be in in sync, yeah. And so you mentioned a universal law, you know, speak, basically speaking things into reality. Right. Isn't just speaking something, that's a creation in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah, it's energy. You know, when we hear the different scriptures say things like, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. It's speaking, I call it a cellular logos. It's the logos, it's an energy, it's a vibration that then becomes flesh, it becomes it condenses itself into perception, it condenses itself into thoughts, it condenses itself into experience. So oftentimes people are just casual with their conversations, not understanding that they're actually setting something in motion. You know, oh, my poor back. Oh, I don't like this person. Uh, You know, gossiping, uh, talking bad about themselves even. They're setting things in motion. You know, so I like to say, I don't want to say what I don't want to experience. You know, I'm only, I want to say what I want to experience. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it's a magnificent day. Life is good. You know, there's a way out of this. There's an answer to this issue. There's a solution somewhere. You know, I'm going to stay there until that becomes flesh. But it's, it's practice because individuals, particularly now, people have normalized negativity. They've made fear popular, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's become, you're an oddball if in fact you're operating at a different level. They think you're just weird, you know? And so you'd rather be an oddball in a crazy world than to be normal in a crazy world, you know? Yeah, but, but I, I, I always caution people, you know, and I'll, I'll check people with, with me and say, well, wait a minute. You know, there's unlimited good here. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not here. Mm. There's unlimited possibilities. Don't block yourself in to what your mind thinks is possible. This is the only way that some good is going to come into your life. It becomes that's blocked. No good's going to come in. Infinite ways. Infinite ways can, miracles can happen. Your mind will call them miracles, but they're just demonstrations of truth. You know, so why block yourself in? Just, Just stop it. Just say, you don't know how it's going to happen right now. You're available to it. Let's see what happens. Let, let the universal presence through its laws shock and surprise you. Mm. <laughs> Open, normalize that. Right, normalize that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm literally just still ruminating on normalizing fear. Yeah. You know, that's, it's a system within us that, of course, has provided us value over our evolution for sure. But today to live in that state habitually 
It's, we've never, we, we're not wired up to live that way. We're not designed to be that way. And so even with so many folks having their aspirations, goals, you know, everybody listening right now has incredible potential to achieve things beyond our wildest imagination. Right. But I think so often, and fear being a big driving force of this, we get caught up in what if instead of what is. Mm -hmm. So how do we go from what if to what is? Yeah. Well, what if can also be used positively. Mm. You know, what if everything works out? Cool. You know, what if I have more than enough money? You, you can go there and you'll get to what is. Because what is, is that right here and right now, all of the power, all of the presence, all of the intelligence, all of the love, all that is, is already here. It's already here. It may be latent within us, but it is here. And as we begin to think like that and, and contemplate that truth, our frequency rises. We begin to hang in that, in that awareness. Now, what has happened is that individuals have normalized fear, which means their attention is more on what they don't want than on what they do want. So what people don't understand is that anything you don't want, you're having a relationship with it. It's existing and you're not wanting it. And so people walk out, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to get sick. I don't, I don't want to correct the Rona. Collect, I don't want to catch the coronavirus. I don't want to, I don't want to. So in that moment of I don't want to, the law doesn't distinguish between what you want and don't want. It only knows what you're interested in. And so if you're interested in not getting robbed, not getting poor, not catching a disease, you're in relationship with that. And then that's what you manifest. Now, it may not, you may not manifest that exactly, but your body temple doesn't know the difference. You'll still produce toxic chemicals, immediate toxic chemicals, immediate create the condition for disease. Uh, so I teach people, you get what you want or don't want. The law doesn't differentiate. So stop placing all of your attention on what you don't want to happen and begin to place your attention on what you like to see unfold in your life. Begin to describe it. You know, the law says, you know, you, you, don't, you don't describe what you see, you see what you describe. So if, if you're living in an in a accurate description of possibility, then the law starts to bring that into manifestation, you see. And, and now most people, people should be taught this in elementary school. Yeah. You know, but instead, you know, we have the nefarious forces that keep people in fear, you know, and, and keeping them all pumped up about what to be afraid of next. Oh, the Russians, oh, Corona, oh, aliens, oh, whatever, whatever it is, people, people are nervous, you know, we're not meant to be like that. We are, we are, we are an absolute reflection of the entire cosmos. What do we have to be afraid of? There's no such thing as death. You see, so there's no loss in the cosmic scheme, but everybody is, is, they've allowed themselves to shrink into being a little old something. And then they normalize their fear. You know, Shakespeare said, a coward dies a thousand deaths mm -hmm. constantly, even before anything even happens. They've rehearsed all the negative stuff. <laughs> you know, it's not funny, but it is kind of a comedy, you know? what human beings do to themselves. Ah, this, I love this so much. This is what I, I wanted to ask you about this today. I wanted to ask you about the, the comedy of life yeah. and 
the the sickness that we can get caught in of taking life too seriously, of taking right. everything so seriously. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, there's nothing serious going on in the universe. Nothing at all. The universe is a big explosion of joy and ecstasy and bliss. Okay. So if you, if you, you, know, you got to stretch your perception a little bit. There's no such thing as death. And there's no such thing as loss. Okay. Yeah, you're going to exit a body temple when it's your time. In the world of the phenomena, you know, things come, things go. We don't deny that. But there's nothing serious happening. So since there's nothing serious happening, what is happening? What's happening is the universal presence and all of its creation is continuing to expand, to reveal the infinite nature. So that means you get to play. It's our time to play in this, you know. Now we create seriousness, you know. NBA championships going on. We create a serious time crunch. Mm -hmm. Time doesn't really exist, but we play with it. Okay, we only have this many minutes. And when the end of the game, whoever has more points, they win. The other person loses. Oh, that's serious. It's not really. You know, it's called a, it's called a, um, we, we call it a, um, a consistent irrelevancy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's consistent. It's fun. At the end of the day, you know. It's a social agreement. We, yeah. we all, truly, we just made that up. We just make it it's up. It's all made up. Yeah. It's, wow. It's, 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 so, so the idea is that we are here as joy babies. You know, we just tap into that joy. And the thing about it is when you move into conscious joy and gratitude, now you may have heard this from your, your mom. You know, and, and it probably spans all cultures. Yeah, our parents saying to us, you know, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. That's it's pretty oh, yeah. common, right? I've okay. gotten that one. Yeah, yeah. This, the universe <laughs> says, if you don't stop being grateful, I'm going to give you something to be grateful for. Mm. It's the same law. Mm. You know. I like that. So, so as you lift your attention to being grateful for anything, for the next breath you're about to take, the next beating of your heart, then the universe will find something that matches that field. And it will shock you because it will come outside of your present perception. You know, we have a perception of life. And, and then in this perception, we want this, we want that to be happy, we want that to be happy. We don't know, it's, 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 all of this exists. But if you go into the feeling of gratitude, then all of this opens up for you. And this is when you're surprised by things. You meet the person you were supposed to meet. You didn't even know that person existed, but that's the person you needed to meet to go to the next level of your unfoldment. Opportunities show up, possibilities show up that you didn't even know existed just because you're in the feeling tone of possibility. You see, we're not taking it seriously. What I say is we don't take things seriously. We take things reverentially. I have a reverence for life. I have a reverence for that plant. I have a reverence for the trees. I have a reverence for the ground. I have a reverence for Mother Nature. I have a reverence for human beings. I revere it, but it's not serious. It's a reverence, you know. So sometimes in religiosity, they will mistake the two. You know, think reverence means serious. No, no, it means I, my heart is open. I really appreciate the flowing of the rivers. I appreciate all sentient beings. I, I have a deep reverence. And that's, that's, that's spiritual, that's yeah. open-hearted, yeah. The reason I want to ask you about that is because I think it's a lot easier, I know it's a lot easier today to get wrapped up in the seriousness of, you know, all of the attention, for example, that we might get 
with social media, right. you know, like just, there was a little meme going around that, you know, essentially a meme was like, the internet is crazy. You're never supposed to know this many people, you know? It's just like, <laughs> we're not, we weren't, we're not supposed to know 5,000 people, you know, like that's never existed before and caring about the opinions of 5,000 people, right? you know? And so I think carrying that level of, you know, everything is so serious. If somebody that is 20 times removed, 200 times removed from actually knowing you says something negative about you and it can just take you down. Right. And so carrying a little bit more of a, of a light heart with things to mm -hmm. even not take ourselves so seriously, for example. Right. I think right. it could be a helpful tool today. Right. Yeah. We, we don't take ourselves seriously. We love and appreciate ourselves. And we learn not to be overly concerned about what other people are thinking about us. Mm -hmm. And then we learn not to be overly concerned about our own thoughts about ourselves because we don't know where they came from. It may have come from our parents. It may have come from people in high school that said something crazy about you. All that stuff may be going around. We learn to be conscious of what the presence is saying about us. You know, I've always loved this scripture. I'm not a religious man, but I'm a spiritual man. You know, so I, when I look at scripture, I, I see the spiritual essence, not the literal, you know. And I've always loved the scripture that says, you know, God's eyes are too pure to behold inequity. You know, that this presence doesn't see anything but itself. It only sees potential. It doesn't see anything negative because if it did, that meant that that negative would last forever because God only sees the eternal. Mm. You know, so God's eyes are too pure to behold inequity. And, and it goes on to talk about the fact that, that I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So on a spiritual level, the presence saying, I know what I think about you, thoughts of peace. I know, I know your potential. I know what's going to unfold already. So we want to think like that, you know. And then, I mean, of course, we're not allowing the ego to steal it. Like I'm better than someone. I'm superior than someone. Not any of that. Just as a unique expression of infinite potential, I'm here to reflect and to reveal the cosmos in a way that only I can. And nobody else can do it like me. And I can't do it like anybody else. I mean, I'm incomparable. We're all incomparable, you see. And it, and it frees us. So you're able to go out in the world and the two impositors, uh, um, criticism and praise, those are two impostors. You, you're able to sidestep them. You know, you, you're, not try, you're not running towards praise and you're not running from criticism. Mm -hmm. You just look at them, see what you can glean from them. Oh, this person doesn't like me. Okay, what can I? Is there anything for me to learn there? Anywhere, any place for me to grow? Oh, there's some praise. I don't want to get addicted to that. You know, I can take it as feedback. Oh, I'm doing okay, doing something right. That's cool. I love it. Beautiful. But I'm not living to run towards one and run away from the other. It's just feedback. Yeah. You know, I'm actually going in and getting my cues from my interior awareness. Yeah, that's. That's powerful. That's also, I think it's really challenging oh, for a lot of folks today. Sure. And so- And you just, just said it. Yeah. People are on this internet, they're on this social media, and they actually think that somebody out there is saying whatever they're saying is important. <laughs> and more than ever today, I, I think it was you, <laughs> yeah, uh, WMDs. 
right? Weapons of mass distraction. Distraction, right. And all of this stuff going on is stealing our attention and making us kind of outsource things to the external world a lot more. I think, you know, a lot of folks are, they're so deeply tied into it that it makes it difficult to go within. So what I want to ask you is how do we turn that around? How do we get closer to what's most real about us? Yeah, I mean, that, it, that question right there, if, if an individual would ask that question of themselves, how do I get closer to what's real within me? Their mind will start to turn inward rather than outward. And they'll start to catch insights and revelations and wisdom and guidance because they're interested in it. Yeah. Rather than how can I make that person like me? You know, how can I get closer to me? And then we'll be guided. But of course, there's age-old practices of contem concentration, contemplation, meditation. These are all ways of watching our own thoughts, our own moods. Um, and then something sweet and wonderful happens. You begin, you'll have an insight that, wow, all this stuff passing through, that's not even me. That's just stuff passing through. Who's me? Oh, I'm the one watching. And the moment you realize you're not the stuff passing through, that's a, that's, a, that's a step in enlightenment. That's like, I'm not identified with all of that stuff passing through. I, I teach people, you know, we have the ocean and then you have the content of the ocean. There's seaweed, there's plankton, there's fish, there's boats, there's human pollution, all of that's in the ocean, but it's not the ocean. We are consciousness and then this stuff in us, thoughts, opinions, points of view, interpretation of past experiences. Until the person has some kind of reflection, they actually think those, that content is who they are. You know, well, my grandmother was, so I am. And, you know, this runs in my family. And, you know, that's just content. It's not who you are. But once you realize that you're not that content, you're waking up from the intoxicated sleep. And now you're being sourced from within mm. rather than from without. Mm. I love that. It's uh, that first step. And I remember it so clearly. I'll never forget it. You know, it's basically two lives that I've had. That's right. Was my mother-in-law, that first meditation that she taught me. And I realized I had never really had a conscious thought mm. my entire life. You know, I was thinking. Right. But I was aware suddenly that there was this thinking going on. And my life afterwards, it was a couple of years of kind of reintegrating back into what this life is right. with this you know, new perception. And it was so beautiful, but it was also very challenging yeah. as well. You know? And I think that's part of it too, is I think that folks are chasing happiness, they're chasing enlightenment so that they don't have to go through stuff and not really understanding that sometimes it's, this is going to require work. It's going to require some challenge and obstacles. What part does all that play? Oh, in yeah, story? that's that's the small print. Okay. So what happens is what you've described. We have our subpersonalities, our personality, all the content that it's generating that we've identified with. Every aspect of our personality we've gotten from time and experience. You know, people you associate with, things that have happened. You develop coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, all kinds of things to survive, yeah. okay? So what happens is when you start to contemplate reality, meditate, pray, wh whatever your mode is, 
what happens is those roles begin to melt. And as they melt, that's the challenge. It's like, I don't know who I am. I'm confused. That's called the crucifixion. That personality self that you've identified with, this is who I am, it's being crucified. And then there's a, a slow death. And then there's an emergence, expanded consciousness that's called the resurrection or the rebirth. And then you're operating at higher levels of freedom. You're free, being free from the content flowing through. And then you get to a point of a, there's a fork in the road, so to speak, where, you, where there's freedom and ecstasy and pleasure. And many people opt for pleasure rather than bliss. Now, if you go to bliss and freedom, you get pleasure. But if you go to pleasure, you may not get to bliss. You know, you know how they talk about these are, he or she is a pleasure seeker. You know, that becomes another level of addiction. I know I'm probably talking a lot here, but, but the idea is it is challenging because when your identity starts to break up and you, you, don't, you don't know what you believe anymore, that's a, good, that's a good stage in the development. You know, your whole inner world is like, I used to know exactly who I was. This was my personality. This is how I handled life. Now I'm changing, you know, and then there's a, a greater expansion of awareness. This is all part of the practice of every spiritual path. We'll say it in a different way, mm. you know, the breakdown for the breakthrough. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because yeah. I know a lot of people experience that. They might be in it right now. Right. And just, to have that permission to know that it's a part of the process and that you are working towards something. Uh, I wanna ask you this because, you know, you're one of the people who has really identified and expanded the awareness of different universal laws, like the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And there's always this set of beliefs that make it hard to, to accept that that's going on, mm -hmm. even though it, might be the only thing going on that what about negative things that happen <laughs> you know how is it that i attracted this this quote bad thing into my life how, can you <laughs> can you speak to that I, i'll tell you yeah i will and i'll tell you uh, a story I, w I was uh, getting ready to go on the uh, oprah winfrey show again and she comes into the green room and she says i'm getting these letters from people wanting to know you know why do these bad things are happening to good people and did they attract it? You know, because we, we were speaking about the secret and law of attraction. And she said, Michael, I'm going to ask you that question. And then she said, listen, you, you don't have time to teach a class because you have to give it in sound bites. <laughs> and then she left the room. Wow. And I'm thinking, I, I'm going to talk about this in sound bites? So I, I sat and meditated because we're, we're about to go live. And, uh, and so what this... The, what is called the windows of manifestation came into my awareness. This went whoop. So we go out and we're talking. And then as Winfrey says, Michael, I'm getting all these letters. You know, why is it that bad things happen to good people? Are they attracting it? What's going on? And I said, well, there's these four windows of manifestation. The first window is you basically experience your thinking. Whatever your thinking is, it will transmute itself into an experience. It's window number one. Window number two is called a lesson. Let's say you have a, a goal, a vision. You're, you're putting something out there. I really want to, I want my life to be this particular way. 
but you don't have the, the energy to hold that life yet. So the universe it will give you a lesson that you may not like, but at the end of the day, you say, you know what? If that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. While you were growing through it, it's like, why is this happening? I don't want this going on. Why did, why did this occur? But you asked for something larger. So the universe is making you a larger container. But it has to process you first. That, that coal has to become diamond, you know. And so it's intense. When you come out of it, you realize you're different. Now you're vibrationally worthy to have the life that you were envisioning. That's lesson. Window number three is called a blessing, meaning there are actual individuals who have come to the planet who have taken on certain things in order to raise the vibration of compassion on the planet. Very quick story. There was a woman who was clairvoyant, clairaudient, and she would work with people. There was a particular woman who was very wealthy, but her heart was closed. She didn't have any friends, no love in her life. She uh, was with her lover. She ended up having a baby. And the baby, at this time, back in those days, it was called mental retardation. She loved this baby. And her heart opened. She became a different person based on having this child. Philanthropic, giving, generous. Age of 11 or 12, the boy slipped into the pool and died. And so this lady named Helen, Helen Greaves comes on the scene. And she talks to the boy who had passed over. She had that kind of ability. Discovered he was a tremendous avatar, tremendous high state of consciousness, who had purposely taken on this incarnation to open up her heart because he had known her in other lifetimes. So what looked like, well, why is this boy born like this? And then why did he die? Oh my God, there's so much tragedy. He actually had taken on that incarnation to become a blessing to these people. Window number three, that happens with large groups of people, Holocaust, slavery at times, different things that have occurred, individuals or groups of people will sometimes take an incarnation to raise the whole level of humanity. So humanity would say, that should never happen again. We need to have laws against child labor. We need to have laws against racism. We need to, we need to rise up. So sometimes we, we shouldn't judge by appearances because we don't know why a, certain, why a certain thing is happening in a person's life. It could be their thinking. It could be a lesson they're learning. Or it could be that they're actually bringing a blessing And the fourth window is the group consciousness. The first one is individual, how I'm thinking. The fourth one is, as long as there's a belief collectively in lack, scarcity, disease, limitation, as long as that's a collective belief, somebody's going to experience it unless they're strong enough to transcend it. So that's what came through, those four windows. of of, And of course, it doesn't explain everything, but it keeps people from judging by appearances because we don't know what a person's growing through, you know, whether they're confused or worried, worried themselves to death or worried themselves into a disease or whether they're in the midst of a lesson. I, I, I remember a friend of mine who was an attorney that went through some very hard times. And when he came through it, he became a minister, actually. Mm-hmm. 
And he didn't give up his, 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 his legal life. But while he was growing through it, it actually it transformed his life. And he would say, man, I'm so glad that negative stuff happened to me. It was negative at the time, but it purified his soul. You know, yeah. That's powerful. I mean, when you said it, I immediately thought that the, the worst thing that ever happened to me, I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Like, it's really one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I wouldn't trade it. I mean, it's terrible, absolute. But also I realized that within that, I could have stayed. I could have stayed stuck in it. Right. And I think that that's one of the, the, the challenges that we face today is, is when the thing is going on, it's not very fun. It's not, it's not an easy situation for us to be like, you know what, this is gonna be the best thing that ever happened to me someday. <laughs> right, right. So it's being aware in those moments. And I think it just goes back to having those tools. Right. So that we can process the information so that we can have that meta perspective. Right. You know, when it's going on, you know, this is even a day-to-day -day context when something you don't like shows up, you know, just having that sense of presence that, you know, for, for me, like I said, I could have really got stuck in that. And also the, the environment would have given me permission. Right. You know, no, nobody necessarily expected more of me. Right. But there was something within me that said, just, just keep moving forward. Right. Keep moving forward. A absolutely. The, the, when, when we're stuck in that loop, the mind wants to go to wishful thinking. I wish this wasn't happening, yeah. but it is. I wish, it, I wish I wasn't where I am right now, but you are. And I wish I hadn't done whatever I did to set this in motion, but you did. So the mind would try to take you into wishful thinking. But if you can grab the mind instead and say, you know, that, that, that one, one thing I'll teach people is to say, if this, whatever this thing is, were to last forever, what quality would I have to have to have peace of mind? What quality? And what happens is if you ask a question like that, your mind will start to go towards that quality, less towards the resistance of what's happening. And then that'll become a cauldron of transformation. And when it's over, you'll have more of that quality because that's what you are interested in. It's tough. It's not, I'm not saying it's an easy thing. Yeah. That's why we have coaches. So we have practitioners, that's why we have you know, enlightened therapists that can coach a person through that, keep their attention high while they're going through the most dark, dark period of times. You know? Yeah. I, I, I remember that this ring right here that I wear, this was made by a jeweler, gave it to me as a gift. I had done his wedding. Two months later, he calls me from jail. And he says, Reverend Michael, uh, I want you to pray for me for my wife, I'm going to have to do probably five. I got caught going through Texas with a truck with a trunk full of marijuana before it was all legal and everything, and still not legal in Texas probably. But um, and I say, well, wait a minute, God doesn't really know those kind of prayers. God only knows qualities like freedom, love, joy. I said, let's try an experiment. I said, um, so I send him a book. I said, I want you to read this book every day. I want you to read the 91st Psalm every day. So then I want you to write down what you're going to do with your life when you get out of jail. Just, he said, man, I'm not going to get out for five years. And I said, just write down what you're going to do when you get out of jail. What do you want your life to be about? You want to be a, a, a lifetime marijuana dealer? What do you want to do? He said, no, no, I want to be a jeweler. I've had this idea of doing jewelry and not, I'm an artist. I said, okay, write down. I said, I said, now bless the judge, bless the prosecutor, bless your attorney and stay out 
out of the legality. Don't, that's their job. That's not your job. Your job is to see your life how you want it to be, bless everybody, and hold this space. So he goes for the arraignment. Prosecutor is there. Prosecutor picks up its, his uh, briefcase. The papers are lost. All of the evidence, all of, all of his evidentiary processes, he doesn't know where it is. The judge is livid. And the judge has to set him free, but they have 30 days to refile. And uh, anyway, they can't, they can't keep him. He flies to Hawaii with his wife. They never tried to get him again. So he ended up starting this one jewelry company. So he made me a number of rings and he's mm -hmm. made me. He's got two companies in Hawaii. He's a great artist, great jeweler, you know, totally walked out of there free. But I, I said the presence, whatever name you want to call the presence, it only knows freedom, but you have to vibrationally match yourself to that. Yeah. So he was doing this drug deal to pay off his child support. Then he became aware that he, his life was full of abundance. It's a great possibility. He didn't need to do it. And that was, was the worst time in his life, being in jail. But it became the best time in his life because he learned all about his own mind and speaking of his word and the law and how it works, you know. So every now and then he'll call me or he'll send me a piece of jewelry, you know, or something to that effect. And uh, That's yeah. powerful. That's a launching pad. It yeah. was a launching pad. Yeah. And it, even in that, you instructed him basically to to ask questions like, what does my life look like? Right. You know, and questions really can, in many ways, be, you know, this is the time where the Olympics trials, Olympics are coming up. And I'm thinking about a, a springboard, mm -hmm. you know, questions could be a springboard that you could do all kinds of crazy, you know, flips and twists with, or you could belly flop. You could. Now, if you ask the wrong question. The question. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm just thinking back to when everything changed, when I was in the worst time, the worst moment of my life, why is it, and I'm gonna ask you this question, I'm gonna circle back to it, why is it in that moment that I finally asked a new question when things yeah. were as, as bad as possible? But it, it, it took things to get to that place for me. I was habitually asking and wishing, I was a, a human wishing well, just right. you know, throwing pennies at myself. Like, you know, I wish that somebody would help me, I wish right. that I would be, you know, whatever the case might be. But after hearing from all these experts that I couldn't be well, that I would never walk normally again, that I would be in pain for the rest of my life. And just, I was a kid still, I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Everything changed when I, I simply asked a different question. It changed, I asked, what can I do to get healthy? Right. And my entire universe changed. That's right, absolutely. The universe will answer any question you ask. That's the nature of it. Most people ask disempowering questions. What's wrong? Who's to blame? Why me? What should I do about it? Why did this happen? So, you know, we live in a multi-dimensional universe, okay? So as long as you're asking that question, you're at the lower rung of the, the dimensions. There's a whole nother world, okay? And so when you begin to ask an empowering question, you're actually lifted out of that world. Mm. You're not in that world anymore. You're in another world. Instantly. I'm up here now. And up here, from the mountaintop, I have a different point of view than if I'm just in the valley. You know, I, I see things differently. I'm hearing wisdom and guidance and direction. Answers are flowing, and 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 I'm in a different world. It's This is it's difficult to teach at time because this is where you you start moving from metaphysics to mysticism. 
you're you're at a whole another level of seeing. It's a, it's a whole different world that exists. But most people are content. They think they are anyway to live in this small world when this other world exists. But you have to ask the right question to get there. The password. Who am I? <laughs> you, know, the, the, you know the password. Who am I? You know what do I represent? You know what what am I here to reveal? What gift do I have to give? You know. What, what does my life really mean? You got to ask a different level of questioning, you know? This is making me inquire because this awareness is who you are now. Like you mentioned earlier, some people are a human filing cabinet and then others, you're it. Yeah. You embody it. And with your practices, because it, it also is a practice, it's a continuous practice, I would love to know how your day is set up? Like, is this something that you start your day with, these practices? Is, is there, what does your morning routine look like for <laughs> Michael Beckwith? It has evolved over the years um, because with every moment of inspired wisdom or insight, there's greater integration, greater embodiment. So I can remember over the years, I would meditate for hours on meditation retreats, just live a life of meditation until as a moment comes where I'm not really out of that space, you know, I do my meditation in the morning, but I'm always in kind of a, a reflective awareness. I'm aware of what's, what my mind is doing, okay? But what I do is I wake up and I will go into a moment of gratitude. I put a, I'll actually put a smile on my face, even if I don't feel like it, you know? And, and you probably know this already, but just when you smile, a ton of chemicals flow through your body, yeah. even if you're not feeling it, you know? So I'll smile. I'll be grateful that I'm, a, I'm grateful that I exist. I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm not grateful for stuff yet, just that I'm alive. And then I surrender to life, like I yield to the potential that's within me. And then I ask for the strength to do whatever my assignment is for the day, whatever comes across my path. Okay. So that's just, that's when I wake up. Then I will sit and, and have a moment of, uh, some moments of meditation. Then I'll go work out. Now that, that particular sitting is not a long sitting. You know, I'll go work out first, get some sweat on. You know. Then when I come back home, it'll be a longer sitting. Something about either doing yoga or lifting or something that prepares you to sit. So now I'm sitting and that's a longer period of time. The minimum is 22 minutes. The maximum will be whatever my schedule allows me to do. So then throughout the course of the day, There'll be moments of sitting, a staff member or praying, and then in the evening, have a moment of sitting. So it's, it's integrated into my life. Now before, it was really, over the years, it was really um, intense, you know. Then after, it doesn't have to be that intense for me anymore, even though I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I did an intense um, meditation training a, a couple of months ago in Sedona. And it was seven days of intense biofeedback, polygraph machines, hours and hours of feedback. You know, and I do that. That's a reset. I do that every couple of years. I love it. It's intense. But you're changed when you come out of there. I so I still love, I'm a solitary guy. I love my loneliness. I love people. But I think my base is I, I, like, I like being by myself but I love people, you know? So 
and so so that practice it can it varies you know sometimes i'll do i have you know the magnets we talked about yeah they're right by my bed i do the magnet do little qigong moves you know and that would be my meditation uh so just it's just varied. i do i do breath work every day i do breath work before i speak mm. you know but now that I'm talking to you, there's things that I do I forget about them because they're yeah. just part of right. Just part of the deal. You know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to sit and do breath work now. I just know, okay, I'm getting ready to speak. I'm getting ready to, you know, I got so many minutes. I just go in, I meditate, and I start doing the uh, breath of fire. Then I do the slow eight four eight four count breath, and then I'll go up and speak. Mm. You know, so it's it's all integrated into my life, but it's not like. It's not like I'm doing a spiritual practice. It's just like part of me. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. And the magnets, those we talked about, I think it was Peter Ragnar. Yeah, right. Yeah, who, who put us onto that. Because I got actually, I don't know if I told you this, I got a, a magnetic mattress pad at one point. I did too. The dreams were crazy. Yeah, I did too. Crazy. I slept on that. I used yeah. to sleep under a um, copper pyramid over my whole bed. So, For years. so you was on some that was years ago john carter you was showing up on <laughs> mars <laughs> Honestly, and, you know I, I, i've always been like going to the edge of whatever yeah you know and then i remember having a dream that the pyramid broke i took that as a sign that i didn't need to do that anymore right right you know so i don't even know where that pyramid is mm. but it was 100 percent copper and the dreams were intense and it was much easier to leave your body and go flying and things like that mm. and then and that was over. Mm. Yeah. I love that too. That's another thing about some of the great leaders and teachers is that willingness to experiment, right? The, the willingness to listen to that inner guidance system. Yeah. And, you know, with, so we got the, the, the magnetic uh, <laughs> aspect, we've got the Qigong, we've got the, the meditation. And when I was with you at your place, I was surprised by that because I was wondering about that. Like, do you exercise first and then do your meditation session? And then because of you, I started, I flipped it, mm -hmm. you know, to, and I, the funny thing is, it's not even that funny. Well, everything is funny is I've enjoyed my meditation in a different way now. Yeah. You know, by doing a little bit of, you know, getting my, my heart rate up, getting my blood moving and then doing my practice. Right. So because of prior, I was like, you know, I get up, do some reading do a meditation session, just kind of like a very like, I still you know, do that. slow vibe. Yeah. But then like, it's like you just mentioned, yeah, if it's, especially if it's a shorter thing, yeah, yeah. but for a longer session, I've, I found a little bit more juice by it doing is. a little bit of exercise. Yeah. Prior. People, people forget that yoga came into being to prepare one for meditation. You know, in the West, it became more of an exercise, yeah. uh, physique kind of thing. But the, 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 the advent of yoga in Egypt and in India is how you prepared yourself for meditation. You would do your, your asanas, build up your chi, be able to hold more energy, then you would sit. Mm. It wasn't, I'm going to sit and then do the yoga. It was the other way around. You do the yoga, then you would sit. So the same way, you do your exercise first, and then it's easier to sit. You're not as fidgety because you've expanded your, your vessel to hold more energy. You can sit for longer periods of time. This is, there's two things. So yoga, helping to build up that, that potential for holding that wattage. Yeah. And the same thing with our nutrition. Right. So both of these practices integrating. I love that so much. Yeah, some people would say, nutritionists say that 
nutrition is king and exercise is queen. And then the exercise people say, no, no, exercise is king and right. nutrition is queen. But I, they're both. You got to have both. Meditation is the kingdom. In meditation. So with everybody again, and I want to reiterate this, it's something we talk about frequently, just the absolute infinite potential that every person has. Yeah. You know, we're so wonderful. And I think that sometimes we can lose track of that. I think a big part of that is is our education system and the way that mm -hmm. we kind of come up. We're kind of inundated with misinformation or miseducation about who we are and what we're capable of. What can folks do if they're wondering, you know, they hear wonderful people and all these incredible speakers and, and writers and successful people, and they're just like, I'm not that. Mm -hmm. What can people do to help to kind of uncover who they are, what they are, what their gift is? First of all, there has to be a shift of perception. When they're looking up to somebody, anybody great, we can name a bunch of people, they all were quote unquote a nobody at some, at some point. And nobody is special. I say people specialized. You know, it's just like uh, you see somebody playing the piano and they're killing it, you know. They specialized in that. They took classes. They practiced. They put in hours so that we can look at it and say, ooh, he's special. No, he specialized in that, you know. And, and whatever walk of life, we can, we can talk about Nelson Mandela. We can talk about Holy the Dalai Lama. We can talk about great athletes. We can talk about doctors. We can talk about influencers. They specialized until that became second nature. So I have to remind people that they had the same uh, uh, powers, but you have to put in the time. You see, uh, the, the, the two greatest technologies are earnestness and sincerity. And if you're earnest, meaning you practice whether you feel like it or not, and you're sincere in your motivation, you're going to bear fruit. You know, but you, it's not going to just, it's not magical thinking. It's not like doing one affirmation and saying, poof, you know, my yeah. life has changed. I have to actually put in the time. So if, if people can catch, as you said, we are wonderful, but it has to be activated, you know? It, it has to be activated. Olympic athletes are just gonna go out and run a 9-1, you know? They gotta get to do the work, yeah. you know? Are you gonna pull a muscle and hurt yourself? <laughs> right, or all the muscles. Or all of them, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, there's this term that we have, like somebody's a natural. Yeah, I look at them, they're a natural. They would never know if they didn't pick that thing up. Like I was thinking about Serena Williams when you mentioned mm -hmm. athletes we, we, we look at and we aspire to. She could have never picked up a tennis racket. She could have been a teacher. She could have been a judge. Right. You know, and so it's, it's the investment. It's, I think it's experimentation. Yeah, her father well. yeah. had her out there all the time working, which she's doing to her daughter right now. Mm -hmm. You know, showing her the steps, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, and I, and I will say, I mean, there have been prodigies, people born that they can play the piano, but I don't believe in different lifetimes. I believe it's just one life with different chapters. So in another chapter of their life, they learned that skill and didn't forget it when they came here. I mean, there's, there's so much we can talk about, about that. You look at somebody like Beethoven, who was deaf, deaf. Most people forget that this man was deaf and created full symphonies. You know, he was listening with the ear that's beyond the ear, mm. not the physical. He never even heard a tune. 
but would write a full symphony. <laughs> How does that happen? You know, uh, there's, there's so much more than meets the eye mm. of who we are and our capabilities, you know. And I think this will go back as oh, well. Let me just say one other thing. Sure, you said sure, something about sure. education, yeah. which is actually miseducation. Mm. Because the system that it was set up was set up for workers. It was set up by the you know, aristocracy to have people be prepared to have jobs. It wasn't set up for like real learning and education. It was set up for the, so they would have the, the people to be able to do certain things proficiently in, in the job sector. So it's not, we don't have a really good educational system. We have a, uh, a system that fits people into holes to plug up things in society. I would say, I used to tell kids years ago, before the internet and all that, I would say, I know a place you can learn anything you want, get all the information, all the knowledge. I'd say, where? I said, the library. You know, <laughs> ooh, it's a very mystical place. Today, you can study anything. Yeah. You can study anything. Nothing prevents a person from studying anything you want and to become proficient in something. Such a gift. Yeah. When things are as crazy as they are, yeah. you also have opportunity like you've never seen. Right. You just right. said it. Anything, anything. Anything. You can learn from the top people in the world in their respective space for free. For free. Business. <laughs> athletics. Oh, you know, so I beautiful. mean, the, 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 the phone that we have, when the first people went into outer space, they didn't even have that much technology. Mm. We have more technology in our smartphones than the first astronauts had. Mm. We have that in our hand. Yeah. We're unlimited. Yeah. We can skyrocket our lives. <sighs> to a different stratosphere. Totally. Got a quick break coming up, we'll be right back. Mental performance is more important than ever, and there are specific foods that are proven to enhance our cognitive abilities like few things can. A study published in Advanced Biomedical Research found that royal jelly has the potential to improve spatial learning, attention, and enhance our memory. And to add to that, it was found to be antimicrobial, anti-tumor, and anti-inflammatory. One of the biggest issues we're facing with cognitive decline, with diminishing brain health, is neuroinflammation, specifically hypothalamic inflammation. With our hypothalamus being a master regulator of our endocrine system and our nervous system. And addressing this helps not just our brain work better, but our body working better as well. Royal Jelly has also been found to facilitate the differentiation of all different types of brain cells. And to top it off, researchers in Japan discovered that royal jelly has the power to stimulate neurogenesis in the hippocampus. This is the memory center of the brain. Very few things ever discovered have been found to be able to do this. This is the power of royal jelly. Royal jelly has been prized for centuries for all of its metabolic and cognitive benefits. But this is just one of the most remarkable superfoods for the brain. Another one of my favorite things is Bacopa, a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled human trial, the gold standard of clinical testing, published in 2016, found that after just six weeks of use, Bacopa significantly improved speed of visual information processing, learning rate, memory consolidation, and even decreased anxiety in study participants. Now, I've got both of these powerful superfoods together 
and one of my all-time favorite nootropics, and it's called Be Smart from the incredible folks at Beekeepers Naturals. They're dedicated to sustainable beekeeping. That's where this amazing royal jelly comes from to deliver the cleanest, most bioavailable forms of bee products. And they're committed to third-party testing for over 70 pesticide residues commonly found in bee products, with some of the most pervasive offenders being things like DDT, that's again, commonly found in bee products. They also test for a wide variety of other things commonly found in bee products that a lot of folks don't know about, like heavy metals, like arsenic and lead, and also testing for E. coli and salmonella and things that you do not want coming through with the incredible bee products that we're trying to get and get the value from. We don't want toxins and poisons coming along with those things. So, so I'm a huge fan of Beekeepers Naturals and my favorite thing, my favorite nootropic is Be Smart from Beekeepers Naturals. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com for 15% off the Be Smart and all of their other incredible products. You've got to check out their superfood honey as well. It's amazing. Go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model. And again, you get 15% off all their incredible products. Be Smart is a must have for mental performance. Pop over there, check them out. Beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. Now back to the show within finding our gifts and i think this also goes back to asking those questions as well you know what is my gift you know what what um in in different challenges for example you know what quality is wanting to emerge yes yeah from me you know and like picking these little traits up but what if okay so let's say that we are tapping in to our gift we know the thing that we want for example you gave the story about the the gentleman who's a jeweler right right but what if we bump into the situation where we feel like we know what our thing is, what we're passionate about, what we're moving towards, but we feel like we missed an opportunity? Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Well, first of all, there, there, there are infinite opportunities. You know, there used to be a, an old superstition that opportunity only knocks once or something like that. You know what I mean? There it is, it's gone. <laughs> right. But that would be in a limited universe, yeah. you know? Opportunity is infinite. Possibilities are infinite. So if an opportunity has passed you by, you learned a lesson. You weren't ready. You, you weren't prepared. You didn't have your stuff together when that opportunity came. Now get it together because it's going to keep coming. Opportunities are always here. And so people have to let go of the superstitious thought that opportunity only knocks once. It's knocking now for everyone beating on our hearts saying let me let me in i got possibilities to express through you let me in let's do this come on now because you know the the, the graveyard carries so many unfulfilled dreams people were afraid afraid of success afraid of failure afraid of looking silly by doing something that had never been done before you know so it just died with them opportunity only knocks once that who said that? <laughs> <laughs> the person controlling opportunities. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Trying to control. You blew it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so, that's so interesting. You know, I remember the statement also where there's a will, there's a way. It makes me think of that too. And that's even limited because where there's a will, there's infinite ways. Yeah. You know, I think we, we, we tend to get caught up in the paradigm that we exist in, that we are currently in, that this is the, this is the way. This is the only way to this solution. 
and we miss out on all the dynamic. And the thing is, this is the thing about humans as well, that until we're pressed with a situation that causes us, that triggers us, right, to think more creatively, to innovate, to become more, we just don't do it. We don't know that that's a thing, right? Right. And, and, and there comes a day where your growth is your most important thing. You know, I like to say where there's willingness, there's a way. And where there's willfulness, there's a wall. So if you're willing, ways will show up. But if you become willful, this is the only, you know, then you'll create a vibrational wall. You work against yourself. So human beings, I, 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 I invite people to become willing. Even, you don't have to know how to do it. Just become willing. You know, he didn't know, this guy didn't know how to start a business. He didn't know anybody in Hawaii. He didn't think he was, he was, he was undercapitalized, but he became willing. And then angel investors, different, different things came up that he didn't even know existed uh, that allowed him to move forward. He became willing. Yeah. And it's happening all the time right. as well. You know, I, 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 I know that all of us, we love to hear those stories, those success stories. And there's so many, those are the people that we think of and we see, yeah. I'm thinking about my friend, Jesse Isler, who's mm -hmm. been on the show and he's married to the founder of Spanx. Oh, well, we know how to, my cousin's a good friend of her. Yeah. yeah. And so she's, you know, incredible billion dollar yeah, right. company, billion dollar brand. And if you know her beyond humble beginnings, you know, basically in a room, mm -hmm. She's got a roommate, the mm -hmm. whole thing, just like trying to put stuff together herself, cutting things up, right, right. cutting the legs out of, you know, pantyhose right, and all right. these things, you know, essentially broke and growing that to a billion dollar brand. But we see those things happen and we think that that's for that person. Right. It's those people over there. How do we, I think, first of all, and I, I, I just talking with you, it already, this is the thing about uh, talking with you is that I already know the answer yeah, when, right, I, right see, when the I say it out, but we identify with that because it is in us. Yes. So how can we cultivate that even more? Yeah. Association with individuals that are going to hang in that kind of conversation. We have to not associate with people who live in the field of impossibility, put you down if you're trying to go forward telling you you're off base if you're trying to do something that's out of bounds. If you associate with individuals, you know, as the old statement goes, it's better to be by yourself than to be with bad company. Mm. So if you associate with individuals that are talking possibility, more possibility is gonna flow through you. Now, these kind of stories are very inspirational, particularly in light of the fact that most of the, the things that we're bombarded with via the media are all the negative things that happen, the lowest common denominator of the human experience. So you'll get all of this whole things about all the negative things that are happening on yeah. the planet, but they never balance it with, look at all of these beautiful things that are happening. Look at all these remissions. Look at all this, 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 these inventions. Look at all this art that's being produced. Look, you don't get that. Look at all these people who are safe. Right, safe, ooh, they didn't die tonight. <laughs> the house didn't blow up, you know, no. And so we have to, that's called malicious hypnotism, that, that our media is basically hypnotizing people through seduction, provocation, and intimidation into a small point of view. And you have to 
not only withstand that, you gotta you gotta opt out. Just like you get credit cards or you get programs and say you can opt out anytime. People have to wake up every single day and opt out of that paradigm. I'm opting out of the paradigm of fear. I'm opting out of the paradigm of lack and limitation. Take me off the list. Take me off the list. I don't, I don't want it. I'm not subscribing to that anymore. I'm describing to something else. And feed yourself with that possibility until it becomes so ingrained in your being. That's where you're living. And then you become, you actually repulse the negative. You, know, you become impervious to it. You see, I, that's why I'm saying it's a comedy because I'll just watch people just like, God, everybody's so scared of everything, mm. you know? What, what are you doing? What are you eating? What, what, are you, what are you taking in? Stop. Stop it. Mm. Take care of your mind. What if, and I never even thought of this before, but you know, I was talking about uh, Sarah Blakely, Jesse's wife mm -hmm. who founded Spanx. What if that was the, dominant thing that we did see on the news. These yeah. wonderful stories and all the opportunity and creation, that's possible. Totally. Me having that thought is a creation. right? And that could be even somebody listening right now, and a lot of amazing people who work in the news listen to the show. Right. Shout out to everybody, the people out there doing the God good work, yeah. good reporting, who right now it's a challenge for them as well to get things published, to get their stories run, if it's not fitting into that narrative of fear. right? And not to, not to say that there's not things to be conscientious about or cautious about, sure. but it's a formula and it is dedicated to keeping us in a trance right. with fear. And we've done, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show and just even some of the science behind it. But I want to ask you about this. This is one of the most important things that I want to have you on for mm -hmm. is right now. And you set something up really well earlier mentioning when it's a... A big situation, a whole society, for example, that goes through something what we consider to be bad, and the big change that can come from it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're right now we're still in the the grips of something really tremendously negative in a sense, very yeah. challenging. You know, a lot of people losing their lives, a lot of businesses lost, a lot mm -hmm. of people experiencing more challenges to mental health than ever before, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. relationships crumbling. You know, people just living in fear, you know, losing their homes, the list goes on and on. And we're, and this is just the beginning stages. We haven't even seen the full right. ramification rollout of this thing. What could this mean for us? I know you, you, because of who you are and the work that you've done, you can see from a different perspective what it's all about. Can you give us some insight? And so, so that, because you helped me with this too, mm -hmm. because I was really, having some, some challenges in the beginning of this because I thought we were better than this. I thought that this would be an opportunity, which I still, it is. It is, but yeah. To focus on what's real, to focus on health, to focus yes. on love and support. All of that. So please, if you got any insight. Well, you know, I, I like this. What I see is that we're in the middle of a great awakening, you know, and you're seeing the crumbling of the old paradigm and you're seeing the emergence of what's happening new both being both in the same space in the same time. You know, Newtonian physics, that can't exist. You can't have two objects in the same space, same time. But in quantum reality, you can have everything in the same space at the same time, but they're vibrating at different levels. So you have the old paradigm, fear, 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 worry, 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 lack, limitation, scarcity, not enough, not enough jobs, not enough this, not enough that. That's not real. That's made up, you know. And so what's happening is there's a crumbling of the old where people are going to be forced to really get a sense of who they are 
and, and, and stop leaning on external things like governments and politicians uh, and things of that particular nature. I mean, I, I'm always shocked that people actually believe these guys. You know what I mean? It's like, you believe the government? Who does that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a little sidebar. We're here in, in, in LA right now. We're here in California. And you shared this with me before, like prior to a lot of this stuff coming forward that, you know, they could tell a lie. You could literally see them do it right, right. in your face and you know that it's not true. And this, this happened with our governor here, you know, when there's lockdowns happening, right, right, right. social distancing, <laughs> mask. He's literally at a restaurant with a group of people, not social distancing, not wearing a mask, and then making it a mandate that people do these things to the degree that people were having legal issues, people were having issues with, you know, stress and aggression and violence and all these different things, but he's not subscribing to it himself, you know? So you could see these things taking place right in front of you. And then the craziest part is our friends and family, close associates, people who you might think are able to see this stuff taking place are just like, just still listening to them. Like, oh yeah, he, he, he just, he made a mistake or whatever the case. And that's true, people can make a mistake. Right. But I'm shocked at the level of, I thought we were past this. Like we knew no. that, the, that the news was doing this kind of stuff. That people the outsource were. their authority. I tell people, the only authority you have is the authority of your own conviction. That's the authority. You can't outsource your authority to someone out there. Those people work for you. You don't work for them. They work for you. And so your attention has to be on what kind of life you want to live and how that can assist you to live that life. Now, if you don't have a vision, then they're going to tell you what your vision is. Mm, if you don't right. have your own possibility for your own life, then you're going to listen to these, these people and they're going to run your life, you see. So the, the idea is that we're in a great awakening. Uh, everything is shifting. The world of phenomena is, is moving really fast and there's an emergence taking place. There's people becoming more sovereign, people taking their authority back, uh, people that are saying, hell no. I mean, it's very similar to the vibration of during the Vietnam War when people woke up and said, whoa, wait a minute, we're gonna go kill these people we don't know? Why, this is, what are we, why are we doing this? And nobody could give a, an answer, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a stream of consciousness that's happening. And again, you don't see it because it's not on the news. But there's many people mm -hmm. that are coming to an understanding that their own authority is here. It's their connection to the universe, not connection to a, a party, Republican, Democrat, Independent. You know, it's, it's, it's connected to something else. And you'll also notice these days that people that used to be diametrically opposed to each other are now sharing some of the same, they're in agreement with some of the same things. It used to be everything was black or white, Republican, Democrat. Now it's like, that guy over there, I agree with what he's saying, mm. you know? So there's a-, there's a, there's for, a for a growing number of people that's happening, yes. Yes, so there's a whole breaking down of what used to be black and white, this and that, to, hmm, this, this, there's something happening, yeah. you know? And I think that's a precursor to something breaking down, to something else emerging. We have our inner authority connected to the presence, you know? We begin to have a vision of the kind of world we want to live in. We start to walk in that direction. Again, the reporters are reporting from the old paradigm. We're seeking to report for something, from something new that's emerging. That means you have to see the invisible in order to do the impossible. You know, every great thing that's ever happened in life, it was invisible. Somebody saw it. Nobody, people, I remember when people used to say apartheid was going to be here forever. 
that was the thing. It's no way that, that these people are going to give up control and power. But it was, somebody saw it. And then one day, that was the new paradigm. Yeah. Berlin Wall came down. You know, that was never going to come down. So the, a lot of things we're dealing with now, the highest frequency always wins. That's a law. The highest frequency is more powerful than the lower frequency. A thought that emerges from a field of fear, worry, control, domination, manipulation has less power than a thought that's emerging from a field of love. So it, love is always going to win. Now, it may, you know, a dictator may be on the throne for a while, but he can't stay there. It's impossible. The universe is progressive. Yeah. We needed to hear this, yeah. you know. Um, I was just sitting with my son, Braden, the other day, and I turned on the television, but then I realized I needed to send an email. And it might've even been to, to, to your team or something, mm -hmm. I don't know. But I remember I had to, to, to jump on an email real quick, and the TV automatically turns on this news channel, Spectrum News, it's yeah. just because of the cable that we have, I guess. Right, right. And so it's just playing in the background because we were about to watch something together. And it was about 10 minutes that I was doing this email and maybe nine minutes into it, I was just wrapping up and my son, Braden, he's nine years old. He was like, dad, why is there so much bad news on the news? <laughs> and he had been like, it was just kind of, he's playing with his Legos, mm -hmm. but he was just still can pick up what, what was being said. And it's just continuous feed of all the bad things. And we don't watch the news. Like this right. kid has no associational experience with it. And he just says this, I'm just like, right. That's the brilliance of, of our children. Yeah, he saw you know? the contrast. And so he, he says this to me and I was like, you know, but you know what, bud? It's because, and similar to what you just said, you know, they're reporting from, you know, an old paradigm, an old reality that all the things that are going on are, are, are quote, bad things. And they're not talking about all the good that's going on at the same time. And right. all the people that are doing well, that are getting healthy, that are safe, that are loving each other, that are taking care of each other. And I share that the, this other thing, those types of things have not, those are not popularized. They're right. not as interesting for folks right now rather than this fear and all these you know, negative things. And here's the crazy part, and I, I, don't, I didn't share this. I might've mentioned this on the show before, but just the day before we were walking with his best friend next door and their parents, you know, they, the news, it, it runs. It, mm -hmm. It's running on the TV. We were just walking, we're going for walks, me, my son, Brayden, and his best friend. And his best friend was like, so did you guys hear the news today? Mm -hmm. And he was talking about you know, some people who were murdered and mm -hmm. I'm just like, this, there's two there's two different realities. It's right. not to say, and this is for me, it's just not to say that this bad thing didn't happen. Right. But that's 90% of what he's getting fed right. when that when that news channel is running 24-7, you know, or even for a couple of hours. And that's what I love about your work as well, is that it, it, we don't have to ignore. We're not no. we're not about ignoring right. what's going on in the world. We just don't have to be controlled by it. Yeah, it's it's limited. You know, what happens is you then you become addicted and interested in that. And you can't even see all the good that's happening around on, on the planet. And so there's the good news. They used to call it the gospel. That's the good news. <laughs> and it exists in a, it's, in it's a big happy. way. In a yeah, big I, was, way. I was in Costa Rica recently and I was with some folks and some conversations came up. They knew nothing about it because they don't watch any of the news. Mm. 
you know, they, they had no relationship to COVID. They had no relationship to so many things that people were, were interested in. They said, no, we, we're healthy, you know. We just go into town and get our stuff and, you know. And, you know, we see people walking around being afraid of this and that. You know, I said, you guys healthy? Oh, yeah, we're healthy. Why would we be sick? We're not, you know, we're not interested in sickness, so we're not going to get sick, you know. Mm. But it was just, they're living in a different, they're living in my reality, right, you know. Right, And it was just, it was just fun just to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And you would think, you know, with the, the, the marketing campaign behind what's taking place and, you know, we, we've talked about this on the show multiple times, but one of the craziest things is these news networks, they're funded largely billions of dollars invested by pharmaceutical companies, for right. example, and there's kind of vested interest. Right. And there's no, there's no nuance. There's no context. There's no, it's just, this is your option. You know, you're going to die. Are you going to take a drug? Right. And nothing else really exists. Right. And anything, if, you know, even if somebody doesn't take the bait, you know, any experts that they have on, you have to take the bait. You're not going to be featured on the network. No. You no. know, and the crazy thing is I've done the news shows. Right. You know, I've been on the major, the major news and it's such a small, and I, I literally, this past, you know, when Eat Smarter came out, I made a conscious decision that I'm not doing that stuff unless it is so, it's just so magnificent. Right. Because people are not even coming there for that. You right. know, they're coming there to, to find out how bad it is, plus the weather and sports. And then here's my little three minute segment, you know, telling you to eat some avocados or whatever, right. you know. It's just like, I think my time could be better served doing something else. But I'm not against hitting the airwaves like that. You know, we still planted seeds, but most people are tuning in for something else. Yeah. You know, and we want to come offline a little bit more and consciously tap ourselves into positive media, mm -hmm. you know, enlightened media. Mm -hmm. And you've got an event coming up here, a big celebration right. coming up for people to have that experience, to, to, to connect with something, to remind us of how powerful we are, to provide tools and insights from a plethora of absolute world changers. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about this? Absolutely. The, the, the summit's a summit. And it's, the summit's theme is saying yes to you. And so, you know, I have a Queen Afua, Danielle Laporte, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, Neil Donald Walsh. They're going to present and then we're going to be in dialogue, like you and I are in dialogue right now. It's going to be peppered with um, uh, one, uh, other wonderful people bringing yogic practices and prayer practices. It's going to be uh, like Shaman Durek is going to do some opening for us. Um, um, Koya Webb is going to do some things for us. Uh, Koya's been on the show. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. She's you know incredible. Emerged out of agape. Well, I'm so proud of her. Yeah. Um, Sadguru is going to give a word. Uh, Bob Proctor is going to give a word. Bob Proctor. Yeah. The legend. Yeah. And uh, he's 80 something years old still. Yeah. I hear on his motorcycle just <laughs> killing it, boy. <laughs> you know, both him and Sadguru both ride motorcycles. Yeah. You oh know. wow. Yeah. Bob too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. Bob doesn't do it anymore. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Sadguru does. Yeah, you know. for sure. But um, yeah, so it's, it's a say yes to you. And it's free. This, this particular offering on July 21st is at no cost. You know, there are some other iterations that you may want to pay for down the line. But it's just like an honor of the birthday. And it's a- Your it's birthday. My birthday. Your birthday. My appearance yes. day. Right. July 21st. July 21st. Shout out. That's free. And it's a fundraiser. There'll be ways that people can, can, can give if, if, they, if they feel- compelled to do that but the whole idea is how do you say yes to you yeah you know and you, you have to know who you are 
you have to actually give permission. And, and most people are still looking for external validation and somebody to give them permission. Please give me permission to be great. Give me permission to, to have my needs met. No, 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 no. You have to say yes to you. And so we're going to go into the core of that to up-level people's thinking about saying yes to who they are and the ramifications of all of that. So tune in and get a tune-up. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. A mental and physical, emotional tune-up. Absolutely. And so you already mentioned some of the, the folks that are going to be speaking and, and sharing. And the you're event. there too. Of course. Because we're taking, be you there. know, we're taking, this is, this is Summit Part 2. Yeah. But we're combining it with Summit Part 1 part that one, you were yeah, involved in. Yes, yes. Yeah. Such an honor, such an honor. But so now we've got Danielle Laporte, we've got Don Miguel Ruiz yes. from the Four Agreements. This yes. is more legendary. Yeah. Side Guru Bob Proctor. You've got Sterling K. Brown. Sterling's going to interview me, and I'm going to interview him. Incredible. It's, it's kind of a fun thing we're going to do. He's going to—I don't know what questions he's going to ask me yeah. about whatever you know. So most folks know about him from the television show. I know about him from Black Panther. Yeah, that's where I first. Yeah, he was in Black Panther, and um, this is us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I know I know he's a he's a, a great member of Agape, but once I realized the depth of his acting, then I started seeing him in all these movies mm. over the years. Mm -hmm. And he popped with This Is Us, when he got the first black to get an Emmy. Yeah. You know, then he got another one. But he's been you know, what does it take, thirty years to become an overnight success? Mm, <laughs> he's, right. he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And his wife, Ryan, they're 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 killing it. You got such an incredible community yeah. at Agape. Just, it's not an accident. I mean, everybody from you know Stevie Wonder yeah. to you know Russell Brand to you know Sterling K. Brown. Russell Brand just he just texted me last night. He's going to be on um, that week. I'm doing an Instagram with uh, interview with 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 Russell Brand, uh, with uh, Doctor B. Serious, with Karen Ward, and with Lauren London. Wow. Different one every day, just speaking to the same thing yeah. of uh, saying yes to you. Ah, I love this. So everybody, again, this is a free event right now. Take action. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash now summit. All right, together, N-O-W-S-U-M-M-I-T, themodelhealthshow.com forward slash now summit for special access to this once in a lifetime experience and event celebrate the one and only Michael Beckwith. Truly, <laughs> this is such a gift, you know, for folks that are watching on YouTube, you know that we're here at our new studio and to have you here for the first episode. And I told you about different things going right. on in the world to line this up <laughs> for you to be the first guest. It's, it, I don't feel that it's an accident at all. And it's such a, a, a incredible gift for me. And you're an incredible gift for all of us. We're grateful to have you on the planet right now. It is, it is my joy. I've said yes to me, you said yes to you, and here we are. That's it, that's it. Everybody, the incredible Dr. Michael Beckwith. Peace and blessings, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is yet another reason to stack conditions in our favor. You know, even with our nutrition, it's not just applying to the outpicturing of our physical body and the things that we can do in the world. It's also about our mindset. It's also about our ability to hold on to the things that we bring in, the information that we bring in, to be able to, to manage and contain and utilize that energy, that wattage. It's really based on the energy that we make ourselves out of. 
it's not just you are what you eat. It's also you are what you drink. You are what you breathe, as we talked about recently with James Nestor on the Model Health Show. And it's also what you think, right? So the ideas that we take in, what is your idea diet looking like? What are you taking in for your mental food? And can your cells actually hold the goodness when you take in a powerful message? Is your body able to sustain that kind of high voltage? And so this is yet another reason to stack conditions in our favor and to eat real food, to, to nourish ourselves, to nourish our bodies and our minds through our nutrition. And also, again, this is such a great opportunity to expose ourselves to information and empowerment. We have the opportunity to tune into the messages that keep us uplifted, that remind us of who we are and how powerful we are. As he mentioned, this time right now is presenting us a great opportunity. You know, I can't say that there's anybody with any integrity who wanted this situation to take place, but it's presented us with an opportunity to become better, to get off of our assets and to take action in the world because we've really been so often in our lives sitting back, kind of waiting for things to happen, waiting for things to manifest. Whereas this has really encouraged us to think differently, to value things differently. You know, whether it's our freedoms, whether it's our relationships, it's presented opportunity for us to grow and to become better and to demand that we all procure a certain standard of living, a certain standard of rights or whatever the case might be. You know, it's presenting an opportunity for us to really think about the things we might have taken for granted and to ensure that everybody has these, quote, inalienable rights as human beings, to make sure that that's a real thing. And there's nothing outside of us that can take those things away from us. You know, so, but it starts with us and it starts with us recognizing that this is an opportunity for us to grow. But the most important thing and the biggest takeaway is that we have to envision what that reality looks like. Despite the appearances of what we're seeing right now, to get a vision of what a community looks like, our society looks like, when everybody is healthy. When health is the rule and not the exception. Where things are flipped right now here in the United States, about 88% of our citizens are not metabolically healthy. And this is according to a recent peer-reviewed study that we mentioned multiple times on the show, but that means 12% of U.S. citizens, approximately 12%, only 12% are metabolically healthy. Let's catch a vision where those numbers are flipped, where 88% of our citizens are more, are metabolically healthy, are, are, are living up to their potential, are happy and raising more happy humans who care about the environment, who care about each other. Start to paint that vision, start to hold it. Whenever you get a tinge of irritation from the things going on in the world right now, it's okay, it's all right to be in some pissosity, but to, to tune back into that vision with that energy of irritation, that anger, and transmutating that into something that is advantageous. Putting that strong energy into seeing what the world will look like. Not could be, what it will be. And if enough of us say it so, it shall be so. All right, so, but it's up to us. We have to carry that vision. We have to see it. 
get it as clear as we can possibly make it. All right. That is the job. That is the modus operandi. That is the mission. All right. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the show today. If you got a lot of value out of this, please make sure to share this out with your friends and family on social media. And you can tag me and tag Michael Beckwith. We're both on Instagram as well as Facebook and all that good stuff as well. But most importantly, make sure to check out the free summit to celebrate his birthday, but just world-class. Very few people can get this many thought leaders and superhero successful human beings together for one event. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash now summit. N-O-W-S-U-M-M-I-T and get signed up for this free event coming up here when this is getting released within just a few days. So go and take action right now. TheModelHealthShow.com forward slash now summit. And again, we've got some epic shows coming your way very soon. Some world-class masterclasses and incredible guests. So be sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you've got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.